Jonathan Jana De Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, the podcast Stoke fans deserve, but not the one they need right now. And to celebrate a Stoke City victory over Middlesbrough, I'm joined by Ben Cartwright. Hello, hello. I'm so happy right now. I can't wait to do this podcast. Um, it's it's a fantastic evening to be a Stoke fan, isn't it, boys? Chris, do you agree? I agree. It is a lovely evening to be a Stoke fan, especially after last week's shenanigans in Sheffield, where I came away thinking it couldn't get much more depressing. It's it's nice. How nice. Nice indeed. And obviously we were talking about Stoke City 2, Middlesbrough 0. The first half brace from Marco Arnautovic, but it's not Marco Arnautovic that most Stoke fans are talking about right now, is it Ben? No, of course not. It's a it's a completely different young man um, in the form of Glenn Whelan. Uh, no, that is of course a joke. Um, we're talking about Ramadan Sobi, who absolutely just lit everyone just on fire yesterday with his magnificent footballing ability. He turned up and just twisted everyone inside and out he twisted my emotions inside and out he's made me shiver in a way that I've never shivered before um, just through pure excitement of seeing this wonderful (laughs) Egyptian um, skipping down the left wing and skipping all the way back down the left wing but um, yeah a a performance to remember I think we'll be talking about this one for quite some time really it was just it was it was enthralling to watch Chris um, with young players like playing well uh, and coming through for, for Stoke you've got to sort of temper that expectation but you get the feeling with Sobby now that it's been coming this performance has been coming and there's going to be more to come mm. yeah yeah you certainly feel like this is kind of his almost base level um, as you say like the last few weeks he has been a real real revelation in our side Um you're right he's a young player and it's difficult not to get too overexcited about him but I, I I don't know there was there was an expectation when he signed I think the whole of Egypt told us that we had a real star on our hands and we kind of all took that with a pinch of salt but he's in the last few weeks he has been just just brilliant really for the team I, I think yesterday it was a fantastic performance it's only sad that he couldn't mark it with a goal because he his performance deserved that yesterday um but no he he looks a real talent of a player he looks intelligent he looks tricky oh he's absolutely fantastic I, I, I agree completely with Ben there were moments yesterday where I were just mesmerized by him that that the the twists and turns he did over the borough defense in the last few minutes where he turned them inside and out several times oh that is that is proper skill and yeah. I, I really look forward to seeing him develop uh jason on twitter said he uh he made the borough defenders dna strands parallel which I thought was a good one <laughs> um yeah absolutely echo your thoughts he, he was just like the amount of times he just gasped at something he did, he was like, oh, he's, he's, he's off, he's away. And the brilliant thing for me was not just that he uh, injected this pace and trickery and 
directness into our attacking play, which was all brilliant. Um, and it would have been marvellous had he scored that diving header. But mm. in addition to that, he used possession really well. He knew when to slow the slow the tempo down. He knew when to just stop, cut inside and pass the ball. He, he knew where, when to find space. I mean, there were so often occasions where he was just in acres of space and just wasn't found. And... He, he, everything about his game was spot on, including his attitude. And he did that thing that all British fans love is, oh, he tracks back as well. And I think yeah. he got more tackles in than any other of our players yesterday. And it's just, it's just not only do you have the excitement of his raw talent, you also have the excitement of that combination of raw talent and attitude as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's completely right, and I think he came across really, really intelligently yesterday. They they said on the commentary of the match that he was doing that thing that you see players maybe five or six years older than him do, where he gets the ball and he looks up and he's looking for where to pass next. Where's the next move? And I think that was very, very refreshing for 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 our team almost. And I, he him and him and Anatovic on the wings. Uh, caused Middlesbrough so many issues yesterday, and it's uh, it's a real privilege to have them both in this team. I think it was yeah, it, it was well as you say, Dave as well as you mentioned, he, he was so close to getting a goal um, with that diving header. He also hit the bar in the first half early on, and also basically laid a goal on a plate for Afalai who couldn't quite muster it, um, muster up a, a chip or something to get it past Victor Valdez in Middlesbrough's goal, but. Yeah, fantastic game and and on onwards and upwards as they say. I'm sure I, I just can't wait to see him play again. I, I'm literally so excited for Wednesday just to be able to hopefully see Ramadan play and and we're only a few days away from seeing the the team lineups and seeing Sobby drop from the starting eleven against Man- Manchester City and starting crying again. So that's <laughs> maybe going to happen. Who knows? No, I'm joking. Well, well. Uh... There's absolutely no reason to drop him at all, in my opinion. But you have got the spectre of Shakiri coming back into the side after you know the, these continued calf injuries, and I think the consensus is now that no matter how good Shakiri is, you can't drop Ramadan after a game that good and after the sort of mm-hmm. general good form he's been on. So uh, it might be a case that either Shakiri has to play as a number ten, maybe, but will he drop Joe Allen from there? It, it may be the case that our most famous player, the the guy we all um, couldn't believe had signed for us, is is gonna have to wait his turn while this Egyptian teenager plays, which is um, something quite <laughs> remarkable, really. Um, <laughs> Chris, any other standout performers from this game? Uh, there was the uh, brace from Arnautovic. How did you rate him? I thought that Arnie had a really, really good game. I thought that he, like Ramadan, he had the complete right attitude yesterday. It was one of those games where you, from the off, you knew, oh, Arnie's Arnie's not standing for anything today. He's gonna he's gonna chase every ball. He's gonna fight everyone. Um, and and he was he was superb. That first goal, um, it's uh, oh. a lovely touch and finish from Arnie as well. The second goal as well, a real. Just cold mouth scramble. Did any of you, did you did you two see the interview with him afterwards? Yeah. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad I'm you gonna, brought that up. It's brilliant. Where where he says that you know Ryan Shawcross says that he got the last touch on it, but he didn't. He didn't. But if he wants the goal, he can have it. I just, he's he's an absolutely brilliant character. But I I thought 
Uh, yeah, Arnie had Arnie had a brilliant game yesterday. Um, apart from that, I think I don't know. I don't really know. Um, there's no real other standout performance, Pete, in my mind. I don't think. Uh, ben, any any players for you catch the eye? I mean, they gave the man of the match award at the ground to Joe Allen, which I thought was uh, very very generous indeed. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know who votes for these things, but uh, Allen it was. Uh, any players for you get the uh, get should get a mention. Um, yeah, well, as you mentioned, Joe Allen certainly shouldn't get a mention. Um, other than that, I was excited to see Jeff Cameron back in the middle of the park. I think he's he's really good in that position. I think he's been fantastic. Obviously, he's he's had a long layoff. I think he's been out for four months um, before Saturday, uh, but he came back in and I thought he did a really good job. It wasn't sort of his best performance, but just having that mobility back in the middle of the park, I think something that we've we've really missed. And I'd also mention Glenn Johnson, who again come in and did what he does on the right in the right back position, and I think he's really good at it, and he really helped support obviously Arnautovic on the right um, wing, which they don't always have that connection, but I thought they worked really well together. Um, so yeah, those those are my other two that potentially would get a mention in my mind. Yeah, I, I thought Cameron came in and, and did really well. He just add, adds that m- mobility and sort of energy to the midfield, which you need. Um, I, I was a bit concerned upon seeing the midfield. I thought, oh, we've got three players who are very similar. There might not be that much creativity in it. And that was certainly a concern in the opening stages of the match. Like, are these guys good enough on the ball to break uh, Middlesbrough down? But on the whole, I thought they were very, very good. Uh, as a midfield unit. Um, yeah, Onartovic, uh absolutely gorgeous first goal. I mean, he, he could pluck a, a drone out of the sky, couldn't he? He's, he's, got that, <laughs> he's got that wonderful ability just to bring a ball down on his little pinky uh, toe. Mm. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, it came after just two minutes earlier, he'd I don't know. I think he'd misplayed, a, misplaced a pass or something. Or no, he, he'd fallen on the floor, and this this guy in front of me just uh, stood up and gave him absolute pelters, like uh, effing <laughs> and blinding. Arnie, you're no good to us on the floor. What are you doing, lazy so and so, and all this? And then what? One minute later, oh, Glenn Whelan's hit a hopeful long ball, has he? Okay, I'll just knock this past the defender around the goalie. Oh, oh, that's cute. You've got two defenders on the line. Right, see you later. Other parts of the game I thought were good. I thought we we generally kept up the sort of spirit of the first half in the second, which we haven't really done. Uh, like if you think about games for, uh, against Burnley, for example, after going two 0 up, we've kind of just sat on it and just not really created much else. But in the second half, we did mainly through Sobby. We Afalai really should have scored that one on one. We had that Sobby mm-hmm. diving header. We had that sort of handball shout for a penalty. So. It was probably the most encouraged I've been by a Stoke performance in a long time. Because not only did we win, uh, and yes, Middlesbrough are poor side, but not only did we win, we we played for a whole 90 minutes and uh, showed real intent to win. Uh, but this being the Wizards of Drivel podcast, we can't be happy all the time. Uh, ben, any any <laughs> negatives from this game? I think the negative I would bring up is quite a minor thing, but... I was sitting there watching the game thinking, why on earth are we not bringing on Berahino slightly earlier? He came on in the end. And I think overall, I think I agreed with all of the subs. I think 
they were the right subs to make. But in in the case of Berahino, he's in need of match fitness. Clearly, maybe a bit of a confidence boost because obviously he hasn't played football in a while. He hasn't hasn't been scoring goals at the top level. So it'd be nice to get him scoring. So I would have preferred to see him coming on early. So he's got a bit more of a chance to influence a game because as of yet all we've seen of him are very very fleeting moments um, and he hasn't really been able to sort of put his stamp on it so I would have liked to see him get on early I think that's about it I mean I know a lot of people weren't 100% sure with the result um, well they didn't want to sort of get go over the top because it was a result against Middlesbrough who haven't been um, amazing this season and the result put them into the relegation zone but they don't concede loads of goals and the fact that we scored two and probably should have scored more I think that's yeah that's really encouraging for me so I wouldn't pick out too many negatives personally yeah Chris um, as Ben mentioned there Middlesbrough have been uh, in dire straits recently I think now they've still scored one goal in their last seven away games um, so we weren't expecting a high scoring game at all uh, I think most most of us had this down as a one nil win. Um, mm-hmm. How does how does you view this result in light of everything that's gone before? Do you see this as uh, hopeful that we can kick on in this last part of the season, or are you just seeing this as a good win? But yes, it is against Middlesbrough. I, I unfortunately, I think it's I think I see it more of the latter rather than the former. I don't. I don't feel the performance yesterday was a sudden new lease of life. Um, I think we've we've been able to play like that at times this season. I think don't get me wrong; it was good that we could do it for the full ninety minutes. It was a good, solid win. Middlesbrough are awful, but we were professional in our play and we did control the game. <clears throat> I don't. It, it it's it's tough or. Uh, harsh maybe to criticise but it wasn't exactly swashbuckling football that we know we are capable of um, but and again it was a, a win's a win um, I think for me one of the major concerns coming out of the game was the injury to Bruno mm. which um, it, it was it looked nasty and I, I mean I don't know if anything's been said today but I would presume he'll be out midweek um, which you maybe would see a return for Mark Munyeza. I, I would hope it would because I would prefer to see Jeff Cameron stay in midfield rather than move uh, move back because I do think Jeff Cameron was good there uh, this weekend. But um, look, it, it was a good performance. I don't know whether it is signs of things to come. My my gut feeling is it it's just a good result. Um, but in, you know, let's let's hope we can kick on and get some results. It would be nice to put in a good performance and get a win against one of the big sides before the end of the season just because it kind of feels like again well, I know we've mentioned it a lot but it feels like this season's just been very very mundane and it would be nice to have a standout result but you won't hear me complaining too much about the result this weekend any other points from this game Ben uh the, there's a general positive atmosphere after the game um it, it's not, as Chris said, it's not done too much to allay fears of Mark Hughes. There's, there's still certain criticisms there that still hang. Uh, one thing that did concern me was um, reports that Munyeza and Imbula uh, went home before kickoff uh, yesterday at the Bet365 Stadium. Uh, for I'm personally 
would be very, very disappointed if either went. But I'm personally very disappointed in the whole Imbula situation. I feel like uh, there is a player in there who isn't being allowed the opportunity for whatever reason. And we don't know what he's like on the training pitch or in the dressing room and all this. But I personally feel it would be a great, great shame if we uh, if we let Imbula's Stoke career fizzle out like this. I completely agree with that. I, I actually spent about half an hour looking at some stats, which I'm not that type of person at all normally, but I had a look at the players, the sort of record signings that are currently playing for each Premier League team. And obviously Mbula is our record signing. Um, and he has appeared 11 times this season, which is the least amount of appearances in the league for any of the record signings out of any other team. And you've got players there like Sissoko for Tottenham. You've got... Um, success for Watford who I'm reliably, reliably informed has been absolutely awful for them this season and also the likes of Andre Ayew who was out for about four months and Saido Mane who was at the who was at AFCON so we've got this player that a lot of us like and when he has played um, he's often played very well and he's picked up a couple of man of the match performances so I think in that sense it's disappointing not to see him involved and especially not even in the squad I just I can't imagine how that feels as a player. Um, that must be a real confidence dent um, for him personally. But yeah, I, it, it kind of feels similar to the to the Bojan um, sort of saga as it was that he wasn't getting played, that it's just going to diminish into him leaving in the end of the season, um, maybe on loan because I don't know what we're going to do about selling him because no one's going to buy him for anywhere close to what we paid for him. It'd be. I'm very interested to see what happens with Imbula, but at the moment it doesn't look like he's going to be staying to me. Just some thoughts on Middlesbrough then. Like I say, they don't have a very good record away from home. They're not scoring many goals. Um, do you think they're going down? Yes. Yes. Um, I, I Having seen their running as well, like the last six games they have to play the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool and I, it it's going to be tough for them tough for them to turn it around and you you do feel that the, <laughs> the games against sides like us are games that they really do need to win in order to stay up I think the Swansea and Palace and that are turning it around now mm. and I think it's going to be increasingly tough for Middlesbrough to, to do anything about it um, again you never know it's tight down there but to me, yesterday, they did not look like a side that could pull anything out of the, the bag. Yeah, I've got to give their fans a lot of credit, to be honest, because they were in uh, very good humour and made a lot of noise despite their team's complete non-performance. I thought there was, let's pretend we've scored a goal and what's it like to see a goal and uh, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, they, they seem to have turned on Aitor Karanka a bit, who, despite getting them promoted hasn't always got on superbly well with the Middlesbrough fans. I mean, there was that saga last season where he seemed to just uh, pack his bags and leave for a bit. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's really tough for them, which is quite surprising. And I know they've not got one of the best squads in the league, but they've still got quite good players for me. I mean, they've got Negredo on the bench. and Yeah, uh, and, he, and he did not look happy yesterday. No. He did not yeah, look happy to when, be on the bench. When their third sub came on, the the face that he pulled when their third sub came on, which meant he wasn't involved at all, was that was a picture. 
That was a bet three oh, six goodness. five pitcher. Yeah, and they've also got players like Adama Traore. I mean, he's got mixed reviews from Stoke fans after the performance yesterday. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought in the first half he did worry uh, Glenn Johnson a bit. I think he's got pace and directness, and um, he's quite a good player. They've got guys like Gaston Ramirez, who's a decent player. Stuani's been decent in patches this season. Ledbitter's, I think, the kind of perfect guy you want in a relegation scrap, but he didn't seem to bring much to the table at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of surprised because they, they have got good players. I mean, they've got Victor Valdez in goal, who's for, former Barcelona keeper, for goodness sake. And Yeah, um, yeah I'm, very, uh, I'm very surprised that they're able to create so little, given they've got this kind of wealth of foreign attacking flair but maybe that's not the way to go as Mark Hughes may have discovered this season um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but so, for some actual proper insight on Middlesbrough uh, here is uh, Phil Spencer who is our roving Rebora fan no does that work <laughs> our, our, our roving reporter from Middlesbrough uh, is sports reporter and Borough fan Phil Spencer at Phil Spence 23 uh, here he is it was another really disappointing afternoon for Middlesbrough against Stoke. Um, it was always going to be a really tough outing, but for a team who have been swiftly dragged into a relegation battle, you certainly expected to see a little bit more fight than what they showed today. Um, a common complaint amongst Borough fans this season has been the extremely safe system uh, which Ita Karanka has chosen to play, which has often been a uh, 4-1-4-1 formation. Uh, which completely completely isolates the other lone striker, uh, which was shown today as a Rudy Gisted who came in for Alvaro Negredo, uh, barely got a kick up top, was completely isolated and was often very much on the uh, on the periphery of the uh, of the pattern of play for Middlesbrough. Um, our main creative player so far this season has been Gaston Ramirez, who uh, unfortunately has gone completely missing since the new year. Um, it was well documented that he handed in a transfer request to try and force through a move to, to, uh, to Leicester, uh, but this was turned down um, and everybody at Middlesbrough certainly hoped that he would get his head down and focus on the team effort. Um, to try and drag us, uh, drag, try and drag us to safety, and then if he did want to uh, force through a move in the summer, he could then do so. But um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to play out that way, as his performances have been well under par, and his effort seems to be completely lacking, which is a uh, massively disappointing for a team who uh, really struggle to create chances at the best of times. Um, the inability to make a positive change has really put uh, manager writer Karanka under a great deal of pressure. And with the record standing at just three goals in, in 10 league games, um, it certainly seems that something's going to have to change sooner rather than later if the club are going to escape the drop. As ultimately, you need to score goals to win games, and winning games is an absolute must as uh, we look to claw back our way into safety. I'm not entirely sure what the future holds for Ita Karanka at Middlesbrough. Um, fans are very much split in terms of whether they want him to stay or whether they want him to go. But um, as I mentioned, something is going to have to change sooner rather than later if the club are to avoid the drop. You are listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, a place for the love of the game. What I love about football is just the the random hugs that happen after goals with strangers in the crowd. A place for unadulterated emotion. The talk of the Tony Pierce child and then that, I'm going to be crying in the street in a second. A place for bold predictions. I put it public that I don't think Crouch is going to score a goal again for us in the league. A place for expert insight. I'm with Stan Collymore of all people. Stan, you watch a lot of football. And if all those areas were not covered, Pulis would go absolutely ape in the dressing room at us. And a place for hashtag deploy and goy. 
It's a big moment in his career. It's a, a big moment in his life, probably. I can't help but feel entirely responsible <laughs> for what just happened. The Wizards of Drivel podcast. A place for Stoke City. Now this is Trump's podcast. Thanks for that, Phil. Um, just some three-word reviews then. I'll rattle them through. As you might expect, they're all related to Ramadan Sobby. Lewis Gibson, 96, says, Is Sobby human? Noel Stokey says, Ramadan <laughs> Sobby Habibi. Uh, is that is that um, Arabic for darling or something? Because I, I feel there is a story behind that word Habibi, but um, I'll have to look it yeah, up. Yeah, it means... I th- they always post it after the tweets and stuff or like they comment on his pictures Habibi I think it's like safe or something like okay I don't know yeah, yeah safe bro I don't know like a little cute little thing I don't know um, there's insight for you there is insight I've just I've just tried to describe a word I have no clue what it actually means so there we go uh, Harry Cairns Shane Hall Sussex Stokey and Birds of Dartmoor all went with Ram Out Dam as their three words um <laughs> SCFCJ <laughs> says Arisa Sobby. David Hackney 5 says Sobi over Shaq. Uh, Star Rob mm. 2011 says Onward and Upward. Jugbank Stokey with uh, a Berahina related one says Sido had a shot. Uh, yes, he did. It was a, a tame effort from outside <laughs> the area, but there you go. Uh, Dilash says That Egyptian Lad. Benito FCFC says The Pharaohs Arrives. Potamus 1 says Ramadan <laughs> is immense. And Here's a dig. Heath G92 says dropping Adam works. Oh. Who who guessed that, eh? I, I, as Charlie Adams' biggest fan, I I find that remark uh, deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still I'm still looking forward to us having a three-word review section with three word reviews that purely have three words in it instead of the sort of normal there's a couple that get through the net with four words so come on listeners we're better than putting four words in a three word review <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we move on to the FA Youth Cup yeah. yes there we go that's enthusiasm for you um, <laughs> Stoke City are through to the FA Youth Cup semi-finals for the first time since 1984 Chris do you have cup Ooh. fever do you, do you know what um, I am excited about it I think the coverage of the match last week was superb I think the club did a great job getting the free travel up there you went up there Dave and you seem yes. to have a really really nice time Um no, I think it's it's an exciting team. There's some good talent in it. And it was nice. It was nice to see so many Stoke fans go and support them in Preston. And yeah, why not? I think, I mean, we've got Man City next. That's going to be bloody tough. But why not? Why not? It's it's good fun. It's it's good. And the the team seemed, seemed good. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But yeah, no, I'm I'm... I'm, yeah, I'm excited Good. about it. Officially endorsed by Chris Brammer, the, the youth side. Yeah, it, there was um, <laughs> 1,700 fans at Deepdale, uh, of which over 500, I believe, were Stoke fans. Um, <laughs> wow. I went with Ben Rowley, sometimes of this podcast, sometimes with Bear Pit. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a really refreshing performance. It is a different kind of football at that level. Yeah, it's not as maybe clinical and as physical but you, you've got some real talent there and I was not only impressed with like the pace in the side which I, you kind of expect at that level 
but also we were very composed on the ball. There was a lot of really nice touches there. Um, Tyrese Campbell scored two and Jordan Greenidge scored uh, another. Uh, some really well-taken goals for Stoke. Uh, Tyrese Campbell in particular is the guy uh, there's most hype around at the moment and it was nice to see him sort of live up to expectations because I hadn't seen this this young side play before. And also there was a guy called uh, Rachida Bald who um, was drifting past players in midfield. He was very, very good on the ball. And there was good performances throughout the pitch. Uh, Harry Sutar, the six foot eight centre half, was was immense. Um, so yeah, definitely very very pleasing in that regard. And as you say, Chris, we we have Man City in the semi final, uh, a two legged affair. And Ben, I believe you're joining me at the Man City Academy Stadium on Friday night. Uh, yeah, I am, and I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an exciting game. Man City Academy sounds like a bit of a daunting prospect, having sort of visited... I haven't been to a, an academy game at Man City or anything, but don't worry. Um, but <laughs> I have seen their facilities, and they are immense. The whole thing um, is just incredible. So it's going to be an exciting game, I'm sure. I think at that level, as you mentioned, Dave, just the, the composure and the passing ability of those players is incredible. It is a different type of game in, in youth football. Is the I might be wrong in this. This is information from, from my dad on the phone about an hour ago. But is the leg like the 4th of April? So it's like... Yes, there is... A, it seems really far away. There's from, a huge gap, yeah. From the first leg. Um, but and that one's on TV as well. That one's on ITV4. That's the first thing to wow. be broadcast on ITV4 for about three years, apparently. Wow. Um, so that's going to be <laughs> exciting. Um, but yeah, just it's really good to be be in the mix, be in the semi-finals of competition, regardless of if it's the first team or, mm-hmm. or the youth team. I'm, I can't wait to see them play. Yeah, um, we we are, of course, massive underdogs, just given the, the resources of Man City's academy. And more on that at the end of the show, when I'll be talking to the City Watch podcast about their youth side. Um, the under-18s lost 2-0 to Man United during the week, but there was several changes from the team that played at Deepdale on Monday night. Um so yeah, good luck, lads. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the to the semi final and and uh, just hoping we give a really good account of ourselves. So uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. Um, other Stoke news we should cover: Ibrahim Afalai has a new contract. Uh, Dutch midfielder signing until 2019. I'm guessing we're all pretty pleased with this. I think I think that's yeah. I think it was a, a really decent signing. I mean, it does seem a bit long for a player that old, but his role, I don't think, or his ability isn't going to change with age. He, he's not like a, a player based of based off pace. Um, it's very much his composure on the ball, especially in the situations like he was brought on yesterday against Middlesbrough, where we're winning a game, and all we need to do is sort of connect the dots between um, counter attacks and things like that. I think. It's it's a good player to have in the squad. He's not going to be a type of player at his age um, to be moaning about not starting every week. So having that presence on the bench is only a good thing. And I am a huge Afalai fan. I think he's he was a, a bit of a revelation when he first signed. No one expected him um, to do what he has done, really. And yeah, great news for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's a he's a solid player to have around the place. Um, it's it makes sense to keep him on for another season or two. 
Yeah. The only sad thing is that he seems to be best mates with Bojan and Muniesa, and, oh. and when Muniesa and Bojan <laughs> inevitably get sold, he's going to be really lonely. Um, so sorry, Ibrahim. Yeah. Uh, breaking Habibi news. Um, UrbanDictionary.com defines Habibi as <laughs> an Arabic word directly translating as my baby or my darling. Uh, <laughs> the example they've given here is... Um, is girl one, I look fat. Girl two, oh, Habibi, you look great. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> this is brilliant because all of the, all, this is what all of the Stoke players are using like within each other now. So they're all calling each other my baby and my darling. <laughs> I love it. I, I, that's brilliant. Excellent, excellent work. Uh, more more Habibi chat uh, as, as we get it. Um, it should show... <laughs> Shall we have the listener question? Uh, Yeah, let's wrestle this back with some sensible listener question responses. Uh, Last week, we introduced this new feature by asking, uh, what was your football claim to fame in order of Wayne Shaw's 15 minutes of fame after Pygate and all that? Um, We have had some more responses. Hail Mandoris uh, with my favourite for all the wrong reasons, really. Uh, he said, I broke some guy's leg and it was in the paper and a few Sunday <laughs> League Twitter pages. And he, and he accompanied it with a photo of like a, a, a huddle of men around a, a guy clearly stricken on the floor and, the, and an air ambulance had arrived. Oh my God. He was like, yes, yes, I did that. Claim to fame. <laughs> uh, Danny Penfold said he trained with Leighton Orient for a few weeks as a 14, 15 year old. Um, he he didn't he didn't get signed up by the O's, but um, he beat them for his with his Sunday League side. So you know, took revenge on them, and probably Leighton Orient's current woes are probably all down to him. So well done, Danny. <laughs> uh, Nick Books twenty five said, "I scored a goal kick from out of my hand from my own box in an under eighteen county cup game." All right, Asmir Begovic. There we go. But if it's out your hand, Nick, it's not a goal kick, is it? Because it's just a it's just a punt upfield. It's a drop kick. It's less impressive yeah. than a goal kick, to be honest. But still, well done. <laughs> Why did he bother tweeting him? Why did you bother, mate? I, I'm, yeah. Next time, just don't do it. I'm just gonna have that was a go. A joke. I'm Please just gonna have it. a go at the listeners for the rest of this episode. <laughs> um. So yeah, onto a new question and. Uh, by all means, tweet us, and I will insult your answer on the next episode. <laughs> the big question we're asking today is: What are your favourite footballer tweets of all time, Ben? Oh my I mean, this is there is so many to choose from, um, but I've gone from I've gone for a very simple one, primarily because otherwise, if I probably didn't go for this one, then every other person would tweet in with this story. Is of course Mark Wilson's um, defensive frailties rant that he went on before being sold to Bournemouth and literally going into obscurity. I don't even know what he's doing anymore. He was signed by um, West Brom. I'll just read out. Was it West Brom? Oh yeah, sorry. Of course, <laughs> he's not playing though, is he? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I tweeted this. This is this had been happening. He, he said he tweeted about defensive frailties. He said that we don't even do any um, defensive training. Um, so I tweeted saying I don't think that Mark Wilson should be saying all of these things um, he's being a bit too forward some things need to be private as the sensible person I am um, and he, <laughs> he tweeted me back saying mate don't ask me a question 
if you don't want an answer, simple as that. I mean, I didn't ask you a question, Mark. That was someone else. I was just purely commentating <laughs> on your response. <laughs> but Mark, if you want to come on the podcast, you know, by all means. Yeah, and there's just there's just so much. So if you haven't do if you haven't looked at it for quite a while, go on Twitter and have a look through because there's so many. Um, Tom Thrower, who's also been on this podcast, tweeted him saying, "Are you trying to get sacked?" Mark Wilson said, "Sacked for what?" Answering some questions. Um, yes, pretty much, Mark. You've you've got it spot on there. Um, but yeah, it it was an amazing time to be a Stoke fan that night. Um, oh, another classic here as well. Um, another person who's been on the pod was Ivan. Um, he explained the predicament to one of his friends. Um, he, he says he told everyone out here that Stoke isn't doing this and that thing while training. Um, and then Mark Wilson tweeted Ivan back, mate, who are you? The Twitter police. Um, <laughs> yes, that is Ivan's job oh, out in uh, out in Russia is, is Twitter police. Um, can't really go into that for obvious reasons, but... Um, <laughs> it's paid yeah, well. Yeah, Mark Wilson, uh, famous rant that effectively spelt the end of his Stoke career. But was he right, Chris? Was that was that uh, was that wise looking back? Or did he did he forewarn us of potential defensive doom? <laughs> I I think he was probably right in the fact that we didn't do any defensive training. That was blindingly I mean, obvious at the, at the I, time I mean, as he, it is he now. He would know, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. <laughs> um, it would, that was a that was a good fun night, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> Mark Mark Wilson answering questions. No, he was probably right. Yeah, definitely. Um, don't think he was. Don't think it was right to take to Twitter and start telling <laughs> everyone about it. But you know who? I'm not. I'm the Twitter police, so better better calm myself down. <laughs> um, Chris, your your favourite footballer tweets. Okay, I've got two. One of them isn't a footballer, but it is football related. And it's from the 7th of April, 2009. And it's wow. the famous at LFC, Liverpool FC, where they just tweeted the word or the abbreviation, LOL. And I love that tweet. <laughs> and then the second one, and this is, none of them are Stoke related, but my other one is from the 23rd of April, 2011. And it's at Wayne Rooney. Hi, Rio. Do you want picking up in the morning, pal? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not tweet. He's not at Rio Ferdinand. That that's just like a text he's put out. He's just put it on Twitter. That's why. I, 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 yeah, I love those two just because people who don't know how to use what, Twitter. What, what, what I love about the Liverpool one is how it just gets retweeted every time Liverpool lose <laughs> or do something funny. Yes, yeah. everyone yeah. retweets it, lol. And um, <laughs> the high the high Rio, do you want picking up in the morning? Pal intrigues me. Um, first of all, does Rio Ferdinand not drive? And second, um, if this is like a tweet to Rio Ferdinand or was meant to be a text to Rio Ferdinand, like, why, why does he start it with hi Rio? Does, does, like, <laughs> if you tweet him, you know who you're tweeting. Like, what? what? Maybe he thinks by saying hi Rio, then that will just awesome. Twitter will do technology and then automatically end up at Rio Ferdinand's inbox. I don't know. The inner workings of Wayne Rooney's mind. Maybe he just like got his phone out and was like, oh, what's his art? Is it Rio 530, Rio 35? I'll, I'll just write, hi, Rio. He'll see it somewhere. <laughs> He'll see it at some point in the next month, maybe. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's, there's so many uh, weird and wonderful uh, footballer tweets to get into. And by all means, send your favourites in. And Stoke have had their fair share of 
a less than glorious moment in the past. Um, Robert Huth, don't need to go into that one. Um, but the undisputed king of footballer tweets is Spurs midfielder Victor Wanyama. And there is an article. <laughs> I know where it's going. In this, uh, <laughs> and it makes in, me happy. In this website, this Spurs website has compiled the seven best Victor Wanyama tweets. Um, the first one is uh, some music criticism from April 2012. At Victor Wanyama, red hot chili papers. They are really hot, like chili. Good band. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is that is comedy that you just don't see on the Wizards of Dribble podcast. We will never reach that level. Oh God, no. Um, the second one, a fashion faux pas from Victor here. He says, "I'm I'm sorry. It has come to my attention. I was wearing a T-shirt which has Confederate flag, but I was not aware what it means." <laughs> Poor Victor. Um, oh, Victor. October 2012. Just four words. Ross Kemp. Shocking story. <laughs> what was that even in relation to? Presumably a shocking story involving Ross Kemp. <laughs> maybe maybe he was similar to Wayne Rooney's thinking and he actually meant to send a text to Ross Kemp saying Ross. shocking story. <laughs> I love the idea of Victor Yama and Ross Kemp just having chats. Um, like best mates. Uh, He's on the next series of Ross Kemp with gangs. Uh, Victor Yama in 1st of September 2012. Not a good day for me. I was strangling with a dead leg. <laughs> I think he meant struggling. I mean, we shouldn't laugh. It's probably a second language or whatever, but, you know. Strangling say, with a dead leg. I'm just, imag- I'm just imagining Victor Winyama with a massive leg, like, wrapped around someone's neck. This is horrible. I'm not sure I can even say that. Don't worry. Ugh. There's three left. Uh, 14th of March, 2012. I gave up Nando's for Lent. Don't even know if my Lent is over yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, 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 I identify with that, Victor. I, I, I totally oh, identify. Uh, and then you've got his two ultimate classics for me. Um, 26th of April, <laughs> 2012. Morning tweaks. Yesterday I watched The Paranormal Activity 3 and today I'm going to put it in the bin. Too scary to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that he had to wait until the morning to throw it in the bin as well. In that one, like he was too scared to go out to the bin. He was like, "I'm not. I'm not even going outside to check this in the bin." And finally, uh, this has had forty thousand retweets. Like, if you're not into Twitter, like, you won't probably appreciate this as much. But seventh of May, two thousand and twelve, Victor Wanyama tweeted, "I had spaghetti and it was very nice. I enjoyed it." <laughs> Thanks, Victor. That's just, just top oh, social gosh. media use. He is my absolute favourite. Oh, God. But uh, there are so many other just odd footballers tweet odd things. When they're not just tweeting the boring, like, oh, good display today, lads. Fans were immense stuff. They really go yeah. go off the rails sometimes. So uh, send in your favourites yeah. uh, to us on Twitter at Wizards of Dribble. <laughs> Surely, just, just to preempt it, because we will get loads... Just the number of tweets where Gianelli and Bula tweets his own name. <laughs> can we just put that because <laughs> that's banned? <laughs> yeah, can we can we ban that one because he does that so often? <laughs> yeah, and we've talked about Gianelli's and Bula's social media antics before on the pod. Uh, shall we? Um, 
shall we bring ourselves down by talking about Man City this midweek? Then uh, this is going to be a nightmare, isn't it? Um, yeah, probably. I, <laughs> yeah, there's no two ways about it. We've, we've potentially just lost our, our best defender this season to injury. Um, I think before that point, since he'd signed, he'd played every single minute um, and we're about to lose him. As much as I love Mark Munez, and if he comes in, I'm, I'm hoping that he'll do a good job. It's just a scary proposition against a Man City team that have just they've really got going and again, and they've almost almost got Chelsea in their sights, so they won't be wanting to go easy on us. Even though I think the only saving grace maybe is that they've got so many important games coming up over the next um, couple of weeks. I think they've got us obviously in the midweek, and then they're playing in the FA Cup on the weekend and then it's their Champions League game I think against yes. Monaco the second leg which is obviously very important for them so hopefully I think we should all be praying to the football gods that Man City <laughs> players have got their mind on that Monaco game um, yeah that's our yeah. only hope maybe well Chris we have another hope in that the hate locker works again the Hate Locker, uh, our feature which we introduced yes. in Sheffield and it proved effective in beating Middlesbrough. Um, I think Man City is are easier to dislike than Middlesbrough, easier to think of things, uh, think of grievances against the citizens than it is against Borough. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris, let's get the Hate Locker started with a, a, a okay. reason to get angry, get motivated oh. and get the crowd pumping at the Etihad. Go. Oh, ah! Oh, they they spend so much money on their players, so much, too uh, much money, and, and that and too much, too much money on my on their players. <laughs> yes, Ben. What, what, what? They beat us in the FA Cup final. Yes, Chris. I this has to be oh, the big I one. I can't believe Chris didn't start with that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're evil. Yes. How could you do that to us? We haven't won an FA Cup yet. It was unfair. It was unfair that they won that final. It was disgusting. You nearly made us cry in the FA Cup special. Yeah. God. <laughs> Tevez was offside as well in that goal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Gits. Uh, Angry. Uh, other easy to take Man City. Oh, that game where we should have beat them in the last minute, but Shawcross got a goal disallowed for no reason. Yeah. Ah. Oh angry they're really horrible to Joe Hart yes <laughs> <laughs> poor Joe yeah my heart bleeds Wait, pun. Um, anything else about Man City that we hate uh, they sing that song that sounds like Delilah yes. that isn't Delilah yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah, I just yes. thought that yeah bloody nicking Delilah I know like fans nick songs all the time but Delilah is sacred don't you dare use that for a player who doesn't give two shits about you. <laughs> yeah, 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 Torre, indeed. They don't even sing it in the stupid sped-up fast way that we do. <laughs> Sergio Aguero is really, 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 really good at football. I've, I've made him my triple captain on Fancy Football out of spite because I want him to fail. <laughs> and that also kind of lessens the blow when when the inevitable happens. Yeah, they always beat us at Man City. Yeah, we we just don't do anything apart from that game where Juve scored. They do, we just get battered. I hate that. I hate getting battered by Man City. Yeah. Let, oh, I'm really angry now. <laughs> so yeah, I, you can, I hate. You can hear I, the anger. Yeah, 
I hate I hate that away kit they have, which looks like a beautiful sunset. <laughs> <laughs> We've peaked. Can we end it there? I'm not getting angrier. Um, I'm not getting angrier. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's enough ammunition for not only the midweek Premier League game, but also the Youth Cup semi-final on Friday night. Man City midweek. Hopefully we uh, we don't disgrace ourselves. FA Youth Cup mid um, on Friday. Hope we don't disgrace ourselves. Um, right at the very end of this episode, I'll be speaking to one of those horrible lot from Man City. Uh, is presenter of the City Watch podcast, Lloyd Scrag. He's going to be talking to me not only about the game midweek, but about uh, the Man City youth team and uh, our upcoming fixture in the Youth Cup semi-final. Uh, other things I should mention to, uh, tomorrow. Next week, we are in Manchester, that place where that horrible team is. Uh, we're going to be doing a special episode uh, with Joe Barbieri called Desert Island Stoke. Really excited for it. It's going to be a, hopefully the first of many uh, new kinds of episodes from the Wizards of Drivel podcast. So listen out for that. Should be good. Uh, and then, yeah, usual places. Email wizardsofdrivelpodcast.gmail.com, tweet at wizardsofdrivel, facebook.com slash wizardsofdrivel. And that's it from us. Thank you very much, Ben Cartwright, for joining me. Thank you for having me once more. Chris Brammer, pleasure as always. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dave. It's, it's been nice, hasn't it? Just enjoying a win. Well done, Habibi. Go on, Stoke. Lloyd, we're... It's a rare event that Stoke get this far in the FA Youth Cup. It's the first time we've done so since 1984. And we're, there's a bit of a buzz around the club given how our Premier League season sort of deteriorated into mediocrity once again. Uh, is there a buzz about the Youth Cup uh, at Man City? Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, um, slightly unlike Stoke, we've, um, we've, we've been in it well, we've been in the final the last three years now. Um, obviously, we've lost to Chelsea each time. Um, but yeah, there's a massive buzz around um, about around the club at the moment just because this is probably, um, since we built the academy, this is the generation that everyone's been getting most excited about um, for a good four or five years back from when they were under 12s and under 14. So yeah, there's a massive buzz. And I think um, there's, there's a genuine belief that uh, this time, I think if we get get Chelsea again and obviously get past you guys then there's a chance we might actually overturn Chelsea this time yeah the the investment uh, at Man City obviously the signing Aguero Silva Torre and stuff gets all the headlines but uh, I think the the work the in the Arabs have done uh, for the sort of the whole club has, has sort of gone underappreciated no yeah, I, was, I was just going to say yeah definitely um I think a lot of people brand about that. Oh, you know, you haven't uh, you haven't produced anyone yet. But the thing is, it you know it takes a while. Um, and I think because obviously it's been five years now since the academy, which means this generation of players will have been um, with the the new setup and the training and the facilities for a long time. And back from to them being quite young when they would have been kind of nine um, nine and ten years old. So yeah, I think this it's really coming to fruition now. And as I said, this is the generation that. Everyone's getting really excited about. What are there? Are there genuine hopes that this generation of Man City youth talent will be in the first team in a few years? Because there's always a thing when you're a club of that size. There's always a thing of 
these kids might be too much of a gamble. We need to buy a big money player from somewhere else. Yeah, no, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, I think the model is to try and get, um, if you could get one a season um, into some part of the first team, that would be fantastic. But I think there's genuine belief with uh, with this generation that potentially at the moment, I would say three um, look like they really could actually be a part of the first team. Those are um, a midfielder called Phil Fern, who's um, our top scorer this year. Um, he's got 13 goals. Um, he's from Stockport, so he's a local lad, um, and he's at still. And he plays kind of in the number 10 position, a little bit very similar player to David Silver, actually. Um, left-footed, likes to be in, b- in between the lines. Then there's um, Brahim Diaz, who has already made his debut, actually, for the first team in the EFL Cup earlier this season at Swansea. Um, we bought him for around two million pounds when he was uh, age fourteen from Malaga, so it's a, he's a serious investment and um, got him from the nose of Barcelona and Madrid. So he has really serious hope about him. And the final one is a lad called Jaden Sancho, uh, who's also sixteen, plays um, wide left, and we took him from Watford again at fourteen for quite a lot of money. Um, and so yeah, they're, they're the three, they're the actual free attacking players. But um, yeah, they're the three that I think there's actually. A genuine, a genuine belief that they could um, actually make an impact on the first team. Is the um, the seven thousand seat stadium where the game will be held? Is that being a good thing in terms of perhaps maybe getting more people in? Do you think it's just a better thing to have uh, have a separate stadium for for the youth team? Yeah, no, I, I the academy stadium is great. I, I go as uh, as often as I can. Went to the. Um, fifth round game against uh, Southampton a couple of weeks ago when we won 4-0 and yeah it's great because I think playing at a, if we played at the Etihad obviously it's 55,000 capacity so there's no chance we're going to fill that and it can be a bit weird when you know the ground's like a quarter full or whatever so generally we um, in the latter rounds of the FA Youth Cup anyway the stadium's been sold out and it's got uh, standing sections as well behind the goal so there's actually a really good atmosphere um, at some of the games Um so yeah, I've, I've, I'm fully behind the academy stadium. I think it's a great idea, actually. There's a, a really good long-form uh, piece on the BBC website today about a sort of arms race for for young talent um, between Man City and Man United. Do you think you're edging them now in terms of being able to to sign up uh, hot prospects be- before they do? Because they, they've got everyone talks about the class of '92 and Man United's reputation for building young talents. Do you think? In a few years, people think of City as better than United in this regard. I think actually at the moment we're um, we're way ahead of United in terms of um, the academy. Um, I mean, you can see that by the record of us getting to the Youth Cup final the last three years on the run. Um, I, we, United haven't we've beaten United uh, at this level the last four times we've played them, um, and uh, I think it's evidenced by the fact that they try to nick. Um, Quite a few of our coaches, two of the scouts, um, tried to nick the director um, of the academy as well. Um, and I think, yeah, United have kind of realised that City are edging away from them and now try to reinvest um, heavily back into it under Ed Woodward. But at the moment in Manchester, um, City are definitely leading the way, partly because of the package that they offer, which is their, um, a paid education at St. Bede's private school um, in South Manchester. Um, whether or not uh, the child makes it at City um, all the way until 16, right. so I think that I think that's a big um, that's a big incentive. But uh, yeah, it, it, in terms of the academies, I think City are actually ahead of United at the moment, and United are trying to recover the ground. 
Yeah, uh, the the first leg of the Youth Cup uh, ties on Friday night, I believe, isn't it? I'm a, I'm planning to go. Um, the so we're, we're massive underdogs for that, and rightly so, given given your record in the competition. Uh, we're just hoping we put uh, show a good account of ourselves, and I think that kind of gives me a nice seg- segue into the league game in the the Premier League game. You must be looking at that fixture, thinking, "There we go, three points in the bag. Don't need to leave second gear." <laughs> um, I mean, I think yeah, you'd you'd expect that we'd get three points um, with it being at home. Um, but you know, I, I, Stoke are a good team. I mean, um, obviously, you guys have been a bit up and down this season, and um, probably slightly more down than up. But at the end of the day, you've still got some really good uh, players, and it's not like you haven't hit us on the break before. I remember. Um, Last season, when with the uh, Mambiram Juve goal, you basically did us on the break, and we just couldn't find the net that that day. So I don't think it's out of the realms of the possibility. But at the moment, uh, the team's absolutely flying. Um, Sterling and Sane are just on fire. Literally, they're both getting an assist and a goal per game between the two of them. Um, and yeah, we I think we've won our last four or five in the league. Obviously, we beat Monaco. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect a regulation three points, but, you know, it is so soon after the Sunderland game, so there might be um, some rotation. It's, you know, it's difficult to know. Yeah, um, I, I'm anticipating our, our standard four-goal defeat, which uh, seems to be a common theme with Man City and Tottenham at the moment. Um, one one final question before you go. Are you sure you don't want Wilfred Boney back? <laughs> Wilfred Boney, oh, it's a, he's a strange one. I, yeah, I think I think it'd be great if you could keep him, but it doesn't seem doesn't seem that to be the case. I mean, it's a, it's such a strange one. I mean, he was so good at Swansea, hmm. and we all thought I think it was kind of universal across the city fan base that he'd be in it, he'd be a success as kind of a second striker and a different option to Aguero. But uh, he was absolutely awful every time he played for us. Just shocking. Uh, his first touches woeful and his movement is absolutely horrible to be honest um so i think we were quite uh quite happy when we shipped him out to you in the summer i thought you um might take up the option to buy him but i mean yeah i assume he's been awful for you he's only scored a couple of goals yeah hasn't he? he scored he scored two goals against swansea um and and we thought that would be the thing to kick him on like get get that goal under his bat and he'll stop uh knocking them in but no it hasn't happened at all and yeah, he's 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 not given us too much encouragement, uh, any reason to expect more. To be honest, I mean, when you consider thirty-six-year-old uh, Peter Crouch is is embarrassing in in terms of goals and effort and movement, uh, it tells you all you need to know, really. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. And he wasn't on the bench. For you. I saw he wasn't on the bench for you last week, and you had uh, yeah, but obviously Berahino's come in now. He's ahead of him, and yeah. uh, Mamba was there as well, so. I mean that's shocking, really, for a player that's uh, well as good as Bonnie's supposed to be. Yeah, and and we I, I worry about how much we're we're paying it paying his wages, but uh, I, it looks like he'll be off to China before before very long. Um, yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for talking to us, Lloyd. Uh, do you want to plug the City Watch podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, just if anyone's interested, we'll be doing uh, something as well on the, um, I think on the on the Stoke game. So yeah, uh, it's just at City Watch Pod on um, Twitter or, um, or SoundCloud, and then the City Watch account is just C underscore Watch on Twitter. So yeah, if anyone wants to check that out, then uh, please do. 
Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, Lloyd. Uh, all the best for the rest of the season.